This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Rory Stewart for London Mayor. He's written in the Evening Standard to announce he'll run as an independent in the next election. He says he'll sort the city out. And the reason that I'm going to be running in there to be mayor of London is that I believe that the way to fight back is through this great city. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, says it's come as a bombshell in Westminster. Later. What the IAAF president, Seb Coe, is looking at is, is, is sort of it's a balancing act almost. Uh, on the one side, he's trying to send the sport to new regions, but also going back to its powerhouses, its traditional bases. So with that in mind, London is always going to be in the reckoning and the conversation around the World Championships. After success by Katrina Johnson-Thompson and Dina Asher-Smith, why London should host the 2027 World Athletics Championships. Also, we begin with a sickening montage of atrocities. Beheadings of innocent people in orange jumpsuits. Was this Boris Johnson's Hollywood bid, the script he allegedly wrote with a role for Scarlett Johansson? Emily Sheffield's seen the pitch and takes us through it. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. You'll find it on page 14 of today's paper or go to standard.co.uk forward slash comment. In a moment, Rory Stewart's independent bid for London Mayor. The contest to be Mayor of London just got a lot more interesting in an open letter to Londoners published by The Standard today. Former Tory MP Rory Stewart says he's going to run as an independent. Here's what The Standard thinks. This may be a new label for Mr Stewart, but it fits better with his past. While he has served in a Conservative cabinet, Mr Stewart has never seemed very comfortable towing the party line. The ex-soldier stresses his track record in not just identifying the problem, but solving it. If he can clean 30,000 truckloads of rubbish from the streets of Kabul, he believes he can keep litter off the pavements in Kennington and Kensal Rise. Of course, he's not the first to make all these observations about what's right and what's wrong in our city, or claim he's the one to fix it. We will need to hear much more in the coming months about why his answers are any better than the ones we've heard before. It won't be easy for Mr Stewart to win, but it's certainly not impossible. 
You can read Rory Stewart's letter in today's paper, and it's online. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, saw it this morning in our Westminster office. Joe, how's the announcement gone down with the Tories and Labour? Like a bombshell, Tory High Command are just open-mouthed at this. This really does change things. It changed things in, in several ways. One, it makes the mayoral contest more unpredictable. Two, it means that the chances of the official Conservative candidate Sean Bailey are really reduced and the bookmakers have already relegated him to a 10 to 1 outsider slot and installed Rory Stewart as the second favourite to Sadiq Khan in the race. He spoke when he was running for the leadership of the Conservative Party so much about his constituency in Penrith. Is it a surprise, as it appears to have been for the parties, that he's now going to run for Mayor of London? Is there a strategy here? It's always awkward if you have been a politician representing two different parts of the country. Uh, and uh, in the past, politicians who have changed location have come under fire from uh, from old or new constituents. But on the other hand, he's done this um, in a fairly clean way, announcing his resignation from his old constituency and his old party this morning and subsequently announcing in the Evening Standard in this quite amazing thousand-word letter um, that he is going to be running in a different part of the country. There's quite amusingly, in, there was a little gap between th- those two events. And during that gap, Tim Farron, the former leader of the Liberal Democrats, uh, was tweeted a torrent of praise for Rory Stewart, saying what a fine, independent thinker he was, one of the few who really gets it. And uh, Harriet Harman, former deputy leader of Labour, tweeted best of luck in the future to Rory Stewart. And of course then, a couple of hours later, we landed this bombshell that he's actually going to be running against their candidates in the mayoral race. How does he do it, though? He's written in this letter today about his priorities, things like unaffordable housing, polluted air, unsafe streets. How is he going to convince London that he has answers to all of these problems? He's got to do it, first of all, by using the maths of the, of the mayoral contest. That means job number one is overtake Sean Bailey. Now, Sean Bailey is second placed in the opinion polls and of course all the contests so far for mayor have been a runoff between a Labour or stroke Ken Livingstone um, and Tory uh, with the smaller parties being squeezed in the first round and then their support coming into the sec- into play in the second round um, but the maths mean that if he overtakes Sean Bailey then he is the man who then in second preferences will attract the crossover votes and he's the person who can put the squeeze on the official Tory candidate. According to uh, the, uh, the Stuart supporters, they've done some private polling on this and it finds that um, Sadiq Khan is well out in front but that Bailey and Stuart are jointly in second place. Now that's before Stuart has even announced his candidature. Next. I love running in the UK and I'm really happy that um, I'm getting to run at the UK later into the season. Dina Asher-Smith speaking about her love of running in Britain. Does her gold medal in Doha and Katrina Johnson-Thompson's help London's chances of hosting the World Athletics Championship in 2027? Lord Coe, the president of Athletics' governing body, wants the World Championships to return to London as early as 2027. So does the standard. 
Lord Coe's backing comes in the wake of the wonderful gold medal successes of the British female stars Katerina Johnson-Thompson and Dina Asher-Smith in the current World Championships in Doha, which have provided a thrilling reminder of the joy and excitement that this country's athletes as well as their international rivals can provide to the public. This city has recently hosted both the 2012 Olympics and the 2017 Athletics World Championships. Both were stunning successes and Lord Coe makes clear that the capital, as one of athletics' red-hot territories, should be able to enjoy favour again soon. We agree. Let's bring the 2027 World Championships to London. The standards Matt Majendi has been watching the events in Doha and he says Lord Coe will need to show more than UK success this year to bring the event to London in the future. What the IAAF president, Seb Coe, is looking at is, is, is sort of, it's a balancing act almost. Uh, on the one side, he's trying to send the sport to new regions, hence it being in Qatar and Doha at the moment, um, but also going back to its powerhouses, its traditional bases. So it's going to Eugene uh, next time around in America, which is a big hub for athletics. So with that in mind, London is always going to be in the reckoning and the conversation around the World Championships. What it did two years ago as host, it proved it could do it very successfully, selling nearly three-quarters of a million tickets, 50,000 people to most sessions, in contrast to here in Doha where we've seen quite empty stands. And... Here's the new blockbuster, Mission to Syria. A glorious wish-fulfillment dream movie, a mixture of Golan Globus and Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's an extract from a pitch it's claimed that Boris Johnson wrote for a Hollywood movie, with a part for Scarlett Johansson or maybe Angelina Jolie. The Evening Standard columnist and the founder of This Much I Know News, Emily Sheffield, has read the whole thing, and she's with me now. Emily, we have to say that Downing Street hasn't confirmed that Boris Johnson has written this pitch, I suppose, for the screenplay that you've seen. Some of the very similar writing style to him, though, isn't it? I obviously did corroborate that this wasn't uh, some kind of spoof. And uh, because it is really quite funny, so it, it almost reads like a spoof because <laughs> um, it's got things in it uh, like uh, helicopters going dugger, 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 thwok, thwok, thwok. And a word at some point where he goes splatteroo when one of the main characters dies and then spiffilicated. But, uh, yes, yeah, so he, he, he is meant to have pitched this in um, August 2015 because he ties it to um, the awful fall of um, Almira at the time. And I genuinely believe that he, you know, the whole world at that point was watching in 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 horror. Um, and I, I haven't. There is meant to be a full film script. I, I have to say, with absolute openness, I have not seen this. Uh, but this pitch um, did amuse me in its um, awfulness. I suppose. I just. <laughs> I was struck by it. Although one editor at the standard who first saw it said, oh, I'd definitely go and see this film. I mean, I wouldn't. So you say awfulness. I, I saw a little bit of ambition there, particularly in the people he thought could play these characters. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, yeah? Come on, Scarlett Johansson. But that's every that's every middle-aged man's dream, isn't it? Straight man's dream is that um, um, Scarlett Johansson plays your, plays your lead. And I quite like the description of his um, lead male character. Um, you know, it's very... The whole thing is like Raiders of the Lost Ark, as he says... Um, but the fact that he called him Marmaduke, 
But it sort of gets worse. It's not just Marmaduke. This is when I really, when I first got it, I, I mean, I was, I was laughing very loudly to myself. Marmaduke Montmorency Burton. I mean, who comes up with that? I googled it, and Marmaduke Montmorency Burton did in fact exist in 1781. Well, there you go. See, if, if Boris Johnson wrote this, we we know one thing: he does know his history. So, is, is this based on a real person? I don't know. There's very little to go on Marmaduke uh, Montmorency Burton. Yeah, I think it was just a name. I suspect actually came straight out of Boris's head. How serious do you think he was about this? Who who knows? I think most writers. I lived in Los Angeles for a while, and uh, it was like every day someone would send me another script. I think most writers and Boris, you know, started out as a journalist. Most journalists think they've got a book or a film in them. And I suspect this was the moment he thought he had a film in him. Could it have been Boris Johnson's screenwriter instead of Prime Minister? Was it that much of a passion? Uh, no, I think he was fully engaged on becoming Prime Minister at that stage. This was only three years ago, four years ago, sorry. So he was mayor and he had just become MP. That's The Leader, taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column. We're delivering analysis and opinion every day at four. You can also keep up to date through bulletins on your smart speaker. There's a new one of those at seven every morning. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. We're back tomorrow. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.